Hi guys, this is Darren Carter, and you either think this is cool or not. <laughs> Hi, I'm Darren Carter. Wow, wow, what's cracking? It's the Tico Double G. Ooh, wait. I like my women like I like my podcast with no viruses. All right, listen, you love road stories. I love road stories. I've been on it about four times. No, I love it. I love road stories. It, it's kept me so happy and, and not depressed when I'm traveling. And every time I hear Murray uh, and the great and all the, all the guys that come on, it's going to be a great show. Please do him a favor and donate something. Just go to murrayvaleriano.com and donate a dollar, a two dollar. It'd be like if you saw him and you bought him a beer, except it's cheaper because you can just give him like three dollars instead. Help him out. You guys are great. Thanks for listening. And... Give him five stars and a good review on iTunes. Bye. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns. And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs. And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette. Drunks in the front, making out for your set. And middle acts doing blow more, missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon. <laughs> we pick up a microphone. Hello. <laughs> All right, Hello. everybody talk. I'm Everyone's doing my kid gets to the knob. Uh, yes, talking. Uh, how are we doing? That's, is that John? Yes, that's me. Is that John? Is that you? Coming in Hello. hot. All right, where's Mick? I'm right here. If you right. listen to me, I'm here. And I'm here. And this is the voice. If you're listening, this is me talking. <laughs> <laughs> Leave that in. All of what we're doing, I think, is really gold. Sure all no, this, is, this is what we're, this is what we we're going for. All right, well, that was good, guys. All all right, right, yeah. Alco- Alco- alkalism? Alk? Alkaline trio? If you're an alchemist? Yes, an alchemist. Because alchemism. this is gold. Al- <laughs> Wait, alcoholic? I think I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm addicted to turning gold into lead. <laughs> What's your premise again? Why don't you throw Ferguson in there? <laughs> Craig? Not Craig. Wee bit, Craig? I don't know where I'm going to annoy people with my accent. Maybe Gelson's now that I do have a shoe. <laughs> I'll, I'll do bits in the uh, Gilson's line, eh? What would Open it sound valley? like if Craig Ferguson worked at Gilson's? <laughs> Eight by to go something like this. <laughs> the lobster's overpriced. I'm Scottish. <laughs> Sir, you sound like you're you're a customer. There's I believe only we established one a bit way that you were working. <laughs> All right, I think I got a level. All right, we doing it. <laughs> that was enough. All right. Uh, uh, don't let me skills? don't let me st- don't let me stop a good Ferguson, uh, a good Craig Ferguson, yeah, an awful, Craig Ferguson, awful Craig Ferguson impression with a terrible scenario. <laughs> All right, yeah, let's do this. You're so uh, hard on yourself, John. Thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. Your host Murray Valeriano, uh, part of the All Things Comedy Network. Check out what they're doing. They're doing some cool stuff. Al Madrigal and Bill Burr are uh, raising money for a new studio. Um, so I'm excited to go record in that. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, join us today, real quick. Let's just get uh, uh, to Chicago, guys. Yes. yes, the fucking Chicago. I'll say it again. If Chicago's such a great town, why are there so many fucking people like you out here? There's just you can you can only rise to a certain level and then you gotta really? leave. Yeah, yeah, you gotta leave. I don't know. Well, I'm, I don't know if you knew this, but they only make television shows in two cities. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to be on Oprah. Well, they don't even make that anymore. So there's nothing in Chicago except oh, man. here in New York. I moved out or here to work it. at Whole Foods. 
I saw Craig Ferguson there. He was, <laughs> he's great. Yeah, that's he's so not for good. sure. Lobster Isle. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole aisle of that, Gelson's. Uh John Roy and uh, coming back, second time you're here yes. earlier, yeah. Uh, Rocking the Stones t-shirt. Yes. Just got word Joey Keys died. Oh, really? Yeah, saxophone player for the Bobby Stones. Keys. Bobby Keys, sorry. Sorry, I'm that, I'm that guy. No, that's, uh, <laughs> please. I'm the correcting a guy uh, on the side men of the Rolling Stones guy. Please, I just, <laughs> I don't know where I pulled Joey Keys out of my butt from um, <laughs> he's been in there a while yeah <laughs> uh yeah just died uh just died uh today down in tennessee he's home in tennessee yeah. he was from texas i think yeah originally from texas lived in tennessee the last few years uh any sax party here on stones is is yep. bobby keys uh joey keys i don't know what the fuck he does as so, bobby's brother he's probably he still sax. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna be the new one because it'd be like johnny van zandt like he gets to be <laughs> oh, yeah. his brother never let him do it but now he gets to join the stones just because he's his brother <laughs> that always bothers me because like he wasn't in the band his brother never let him in the band johnny he's clearly van not supposed to be in the band and then the minute his brother died he's like i'm in the band now <laughs> and he's dead he can't stop me i'm gonna sing all his songs and make money forever yeah right? <laughs> it's so annoying <laughs> going strong too man you guys listen wrong. to the Black Keys? Yeah, I think they died too. I, both, I could be getting my information wrong. Is dead. I could Actually, be. Plane... I could be getting my news wrong today. No, Dan, Dan Auerbach, as far as I know, is still alive. Yeah, I, he's actually, so you follow him guy. on Twitter. No, nope. he's really funny on Twitter. Man. Yeah, believe it or not. No shit. Believe it or not. He's from, uh, Akron, I think they're like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Not fun place in Ohio. No. Home of the blues. They got a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Big fight Home with of uh, the sounding like bad company. <laughs> oh, big, big fight with uh, uh, White Stripes. Uh, yeah, Jack White hates those guys. Yeah. But they're both ripping off Led Zeppelin, so you know. Yeah. Kid, I know. Led Zeppelin's ripping off old blues guys. It's yeah, like yeah. third generation copy yelling at the yeah. second generation copy. It's like when your rapist buys you earrings. <laughs> <laughs> stolen earrings. Yeah, so it gives you stolen earrings. I don't. The thing I hate about the Black Keys is they they tout themselves as a two man group, but if you listen to every song, the first yeah. three albums bass, are two man. There's keyboards. The first three albums have none of that. I heard piano on uh, on that. Uh, what was on the second Thick album? Freakness or Big Come Up? What was the second album with uh, the one with well, all the musicians on? It. Yeah, the one with big... uh, more than two musicians on. Yeah, it. but that that's one. not till they're like third what, or fourth. Strange. Album. Which one's the Strange Days off of? Late. That's late. Oh, really? That's like yeah. That's a tag and release. They have albums. Tag and release. Early, yeah, but that's not that's not their first album. That's like their fourth. I didn't say it was their but, first. Yeah, but their original two albums John really are just the two of them. Bobby Keys. Okay, I'll go check it out. I'll go check it out. But they're still touting themselves as a two man thing. Yeah. Well, I think there's only two men who get the money. The rest of them are hired guns. I know. Still, Look every at that t- trend in, in rock. Japan droids are a two man. Death from Above is a two man. Nobody wants to split the check anymore. Yeah, so if they true. can find a way to just have two people get the money. Death from Above 1979 are building themselves as a two man group? Well, they are. It's just a bass player and a drummer. I think everyone else is a higher gun. Okay. Bobby Keys on sax? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. Ro- Rolling Stones are still down to five people now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry. Uh, joining us in chair two. Uh, I've been have it, trying to have him on for a while. I finally got it down. Yeah. I'm so stoked on it. Uh, Mick Betancourt joins us on the show today super excited man uh tell you how we how tell everybody how we met we got asked to do a panel yeah social media panel social media panel for the writers guild oh by uh steve troutman who's yeah. probably listening to this right yeah, now man, great we guy. call him chop man what's up chop man uh thanks for listening 
Uh, so yes, thank you, person. <laughs> he's, the only, he's the only listener. So that whole, that whole Ferguson impression, just for not. That's not staying in the fucking thing, is it? Yes, <laughs> man. <Shitty> fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me on my Joey Bobby Keys motherfucker. Shit ass stuff you did before you thought you were on the air. That goes in now. That's your punishment. <laughs> Talk to me about Joey Keys. <laughs> you don't feel the music of Joey Keys like I do. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, make it, uh, so we had to do this uh, panel for social media, right? Yeah, social yeah, media, yeah, social media. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I was there. It was I can't see. I, I was there for podcasting to represent podcasting. Yeah. you were there to represent podcasting, yeah. right? Yes. And then Molly McAleer. Yeah, yeah. Was there for blog? Blogging, yes. And then who was the dude? I forget his name. I follow him on Twitter. He was the guy that did Modern Seinfeld. Modern Seinfeld. I'm blanking on. Yeah. Oh, was it Gondelman? Josh mm. Gondelman. I think so. Ooh. Well, there's two of them. Okay. Josh Gollum's one of them, and then he's he's got glasses, kind of a there was slight a, sort of guy from Boston, and then there's another dude. No, there was this guy was about seven four, white hat, long staff, Gon Gondol. He's the other guy. Yeah, He's the other guy. He reads Gollum's mind and then makes the tweet. <laughs> and they do this. He punches it. They don't want to split <laughs> yeah. the check. Bobby no, well, that's, that's the way it is in rock and roll. Now. <laughs> it's a one man account. <laughs> Goddamn two man Twitter accounts. <laughs> Road stories. Good night. <laughs> 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 that was fun though I, it was funny man when I got when I got called to do that I thought it was like going to be oh man it's just going to be me and three other people yeah. talking to 80 year old ex-Carol Burnett writers now about, what you're about, saying is that on the internet yeah. you can just record something and play it <laughs> I, I can't find the button on my fax <laughs> now can I fax this now, to the internet now do you think television's really going to be yeah. Atari <laughs> Or is that all just industry talk? <laughs> it was really fun, man. It was really we had a packed house. I was surprised, packed, man, man. That was crazy. Yeah, yeah, packed house from like twenty-one year olds to sixty-five yeah. year olds. A lot of people were starting their own podcast, so that was cool to talk to them EDM about it. Kids to Bobby Keys fans. It was. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. We're gonna do the rule of thirteens on Bobby Keys. Yeah. <laughs> Where are we now? Nine. I don't We're know. Nine, like, it's hard. The rule of thirteens is harder to deal with. What is it? <laughs> Three, three's funny, four's not funny, 27, hysterical. Five is like, yeah, Jesus. I, really? Remember I did the bit on uh, Comedy Central on the premium blend. I kept doing, I do this thing where I'm rocking back and forth like I'm on high on acid at a party. I'm telling a story. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. And I do it, and I get around 27. Get, I go, and the people are like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah, we yeah. We used to have this debate of like certainly rule of threes, but pushing the audience. Well, what was past. Mike Toomey? What's that? Mike Toomey would do the candy bars. Oh, yeah, There was this yeah, comedian yeah. who would do this. He's yeah, a Chicago he's, guy, he's right? He's a Chicago guy. Okay. He did a thing about, uh, can't, he would talk about being on a Greyhound. Yeah, the bus driver. And uh, he would go to sleep, and the bus driver was like, we never had the candies we wanted in Halloween. <laughs> he's just talking, and he wants right. to shut up. He goes, we wanted, and then he lists candy bars in this old <laughs> bus driver voice uh-huh. of like, cock bars, moths bars, <laughs> jujubes. And he does that. <laughs> Wandering around the stage aimlessly, looking at the his backs to him, he's looking at the curtain. He names candy bars for what? Two minutes, three yeah, minutes yeah, straight, yeah. four minutes. And you go through that ebb and flow of like, yeah. this guy, this is the worst bit. I've and then this thing turns in you, mm-hmm. where you just like we were in the car today. I mean, we've known each other since we were nineteen. We started doing stand up, do, doing improv first, and then stand up. Yeah. Oh, okay. And have been riffing. 
and go back consistently to just classic gags that like we were listening to Jerky Boys like we were 19 yeah, again. It's, just, it's crying just as funny. Yeah, this is what, Paul. The, Jerky Boys are having Paul. a resurgence, man. They must be. I was just on the Full Charge Power Hour and Matt Fulcheron is obsessed with the Jerky Boys right now. It's seamless comedy. Yeah, right? yeah. Every single thing about it is like a sketch that was, it's better than anything that's on Saturday Night Live yeah. where it's just in the moment, impromptu. He didn't know what the other person was going to say, but it's takeaway. It's it's triple hang a tag. The whole it's so smart. Right. And right. the other person is a perfect scene partner because they're really trying to get whatever this interaction they have a want. is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. To go for them, so they <laughs> constantly go. We were listening to the Saul's glasses one, and the guy's like, he really wants to make an appointment with this guy. So he's like, do you know? Then Saul keeps getting it wrong. But what a better like your scene yeah, partner is yeah, yeah. never going to feed you better than a guy who really wants the yeah, thing in real want, life. That's true. You know? yeah. like, that's that's playing, the key to improv. You're talking about improv. Go yeah. in with with uh, with with something that you want. Yeah, but don't de like the funniest thing about the other guy was setting up Saul. Which if now two people were doing it, the guy playing the doctor who just wanted to get in appointment made would be trying to throw in jokes and they would yeah, try yeah. to be funny as well right. instead of just going sir now you said you wanted it an yes can I okay <laughs> all right the appointment. <laughs> the, the appointment and then you just keep jamming that one in now but it's deviated now to where i don't know that that the playing the well you the, can't the, have double funny men yeah you, you still gotta, need a straight oh yeah for sure you why still are you need... keeping women in uh out of your fantasy improv team because we're talking comedy because oh, it's damn you chicago guys. <laughs> no. <laughs> no i actually saw once i was in an improv class and uh the guy stopped the scene and he uh -huh. goes, you know what you just did? You pushed the only woman literally off the stage. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah you were yeah, there because yeah, yeah, they yeah. had really said something like, now you get out of here. And it was oh, like yeah, yeah. the frightened male improvisers sure. were so threatened by a yeah, female. Yeah. The only interesting interaction on in this thing. Right. Was, and they literally removed her from the scene. And the, <laughs> the, the teacher stopped it. It was yeah. like, look what you just did. Nice. That same teacher, by the way, says, watch, as we kind of evolved in the, 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 the uh, Ponzi levels of this institution. Institution yeah. that we were at as we became cleared <laughs> of all phatons by uh, oh, yeah. okay. level then, ninety of whatever the fuck. What what, what Scientology type uh, improv uh, group was this? Uh, this was uh, Second City. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Which I learned a ton of stuff at, but it was funny. John and I were there, and we graduated, and everyone has the delusions of SNL grandeur when sure, you go course. there. And those boards, you know, when you look, when you even do a show on the main stage, not as being a part of the main stage, but sometimes you'll get that stage to do a show and people can come see you. Uh -huh. It's a storied stage. And even right off in the wings of the thing, it's like Belushi signature, John Cleese. I mean, yeah, in, yeah. In, the, in the pisser of the uh, second floor ATC, over the men's toilet, it says, ooh, I'm impressed, Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. <laughs> she wrote that <laughs> so at eye level so a guy's getting his dick made fun of every time he pees there. <laughs> so it's just like this mythical place. But when yeah. we went and we had our graduation party there, uh -huh. literally, we're all we're getting shirts and there's pictures of beer and, there's and these shirts haven't been redesigned since night since <laughs> oh, fucking sure. Santana yeah, yeah. was on the charts right. it yeah. was like this red shirt that says the second city at like stomach level <laughs> it's the worst shit and we got two pictures of beer yeah. and like two pizzas and that's then they it. popped in literally five minutes in and go alright guys we gotta wrap this up in ten because we have another class coming in like, oh, and nice. before that we had a speech where the guy goes wherever you go in comedy this is your home and we're your family yeah, and so then 20 minutes later, they go, yeah, we got to wrap it up. And I'm like, oh, you, did our family need our home? <laughs> oh, that's but that being said, I learned a lot of shit at Second City yeah. and Improv Olympic. I mean, you know. Well, Improv Olympic, didn't uh, Del uh, Close, yeah. Close just kind of get sick of the same thing and start no, his own? Del was kind of down and out. Uh, yeah. And a woman named Sharna Halpern founded a theater and kind of 
picked Dell up off the ground and kind of got him rehabilitated. Okay. And uh, and so, but Dell wasn't. Sharna was the person that actually founded that theater. Dell was the main teacher. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, he he had already he had been fired by Second City, I think. And, yeah. And, they, and well, he's part of a kinda, group, I think, in, that started the committee that was in San Francisco. Yeah. He started came. there, and then he oh, came he started to, the committee. Yeah, I didn't there know was that. one of the members in the committee. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then he came to Chicago and, and kind of invented the Herald and invented yeah. the platform. He was the creative mind behind Improv Olympic, but it was Sharna that actually founded the theater and, yeah. and all of that. Oh, okay. Because, you know, I, I went through uh, I.O. out here. I'm an alum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Are you my, in the family? I'm in the family. Oh, wow. We but, should go but, to our home. But Yeah, we should go to our home. But this is, <laughs> I actually went through it when it, before it had a bar and it had to make money and it was just a shitty little theater on uh, Santa Monica Boulevard. Oh, yeah. And you could, if you if us three wanted to start a team, we could start a team, you know. It used you know. to be that way in Chicago. Yeah, that's what and, I hear. And then it got, became an institution and they added 90,000 levels. And, yeah, and then know. that's what they did up here on. Uh, Bernie Sowen said, uh, I was just watching a tape on the history of Second City. He said, the money's in the classes. Yeah. And yeah. That's it. And so you had to build this structure on the classes in order to drive revenue. So yeah, it's a yeah. businessman. Yeah. I always wondered if, I mean, I know instruction does help. And I always wondered if you could get just as good as improvising if you met the same amount of times and improvised with your group without the formal instruction. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, there's no way to test it unless you actually right. you read had... Lord of the Flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they really they yes-handed had... Piggy in that one. They yes-handed the shit out of that guy. They hand that out when you sign up for level yeah. one, just in case you're thinking yeah, yeah. about splintering The best splintering two was the two twins, uh, Sam and Eric. They were great. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved at the end of Lord of the Flies when they got rescued. They had to go back to school. Yeah. Well, I also it's also aw- that would always be an awkward September. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they get rescued by a warship though, which is like the uh, the big macro point of the thing is that the adults that rescue from the island are in a war fighting right, each other. Right. So it's like the same shit is just on the adult level. So basically, you know? they've been sold into child slavery. Is what <laughs> yeah. you're saying? Well, I just mean that the point he's trying to make isn't only. Uh, Restricted to children, like he's saying, uh, this is what we're all doing too. The people that rescue these kids are just as bad. Bobby Keys, <laughs> Joey Keys, Joey Keys. You're thinking about you're thinking Bobby Santana, who was mentioned earlier. <laughs> Bobby Santana, oh, he's the he, Bobby sadly Santana. he passed. He passed also. <laughs> Who come away? Carlos's Carlos uncle, still looking for a way in the band. Uh, you guys ever uh, speaking of music? You guys, I heard some really great stories about opening for bands. Uh, you guys ever opened for bands? I never had to do. I was in a band, but I never I had followed to, a band. All right, hold on. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on. Which one? Band. Go ahead. You were in a band. Oh, uh, yeah, but that doesn't relate. I, I mean, just text. Let's talk about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you yeah, never I, open for a band? No, I never really? opened Really? Interesting. Nah, it's a shit gig, and I do Oh, no, I know. It's, yeah. No one ever offered me enough money to make me go, well, we're going to fucking open for a band. Really? You know? Yeah. I've done it for drinks. Jesus. Yeah, no, I, it's, I think everyone in Chicago knew that a bunch of Chicago drunk music fans were not going to be people that well, were going to listen. You know what? I didn't even factor Chicago into that, yeah, but like, I bet you're I right. Mean, our, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, mean, I can't even imagine. Like, uh, now before uh, Rights of Spring, it will be uh, this guy. Try, try this then. If that doesn't feel good to you or even that scenario makes you shit your pants, imagine this. Uh, war, the band War, doing an hour set to a standing ovation in an outside music festival ending. And the second that the drums stop and the whole place is all already on their feet. What, Lowrider, end, Everything. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, like, yeah. fuck. Why yeah. can't we be friends? Well, yeah. Like, yeah. Just smoking in the Northern Valley, smoking this festival. And then they end. War, everybody! <laughs> all right, Mick Betancourt! No. Oh, no way. <laughs> oh, God. I so followed, you go to like nine. I followed war. 
<laughs> 19 people on stage with a full horn section. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd it go? No How was the gig? Yeah. No spotlight. Outside. No spotlight either? Nothing. Oh, It was daytime. A, yeah, right. Oh man, just <laughs> we're just people just exiting. Or? Why can't we be friends? <laughs> yeah. Forty-five minutes. You did forty-five. You did forty-five. War. What was minute thirty like? <laughs> thirty. <laughs> Give me fifteen. Yeah. Well, because I were like, once we've settled in, that this is what we're getting. Right. right. <laughs> like, it was. Uh, yeah, it was bizarre. Man. No, I'm did, sorry. Did you have any? It was supposed to be forty-five. The everything got pushed a little bit in the day, and when I got there, I already knew it was going to be a train wreck. Sure. And. Um, it was 30, 30 or thirty five, I think. I just want to as what I went to still. And, long and you did, and you did your thirty thirty five. Yeah, that's yeah. impressive, right there. Yeah. So, did was, you? Were there some people laughing, or were you just doing thirty five minutes into the chasm of doom? There were attentive people, but well, that was it. Was it was it was an impossible? Oh sure. Thing. Yeah. Plus, so. you said it was open air, right? Totally. Open, so that yeah. cavern is. Yeah, there's endless. nothing. It's just <laughs> going out. Endless. People are moving and crossing. There's, you know. I opened for Lewis Black at Summerfest in Milwaukee in the daytime when you could hear the Allman Brothers so loud that I knew what songs they were playing. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> You're like, oh, they're going into Melissa. Well, here's my next joke. Ooh, looks like uh, ain't wasting time no more, everybody. Uh, so if you want to uh, maybe uh, go over and watch the fucking Allman Brothers, maybe you ought to go do that. Turn <laughs> uh, to Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, guys. I don't know what you're, you're doing here. There's nothing you're going to say. No. It's going to be more entertaining than the live Almond Brothers that's oh. walking distance from yeah, where you are. You can hear the solo. They're hearing the literal Almond Brothers. Yeah. Like, why? I got to run. Oh, shit. Oh, I know that. Like, it'd be like you're doing stand up and literally Seinfeld's doing stand up 100 <laughs> yards away. Why? Are they listen <laughs> to that your, guy? your level's at seven and his is at eight and a half. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, is what? that Seinfeld over there? <laughs> <laughs> your whole crowd's doing this. <laughs> Oh. Are they is that around uh, the corner over there? Yeah, that was that was fun. God damn. So, so my mistake. I should have asked if any uh, bands opened for you. I didn't realize you were uh, headlining over war. <laughs> <laughs> Those open air venues, man. I don't like uh, Coachella did it right. They put it in a tent. Yeah, you got to put it in in a, a stand up needs uh, only a couple things, but it needs them. Yeah. It needs a, a dedicated space where you can't be in there unless you want to watch the yes. show. Yeah. <laughs> That's the number one thing. You can't I, be looking over something to see a thing happening and you realize, oh, they're doing comedy here. Right. Yeah. You can't have like, worst. oh, is that casino machines I right. hear? Like, or the bartender giving the orders and like, or it, turn the TV off, which is the worst when there's a gig because we've done those gigs uh, where you roll in for the one nighter and the people in the bar forgot that it's comedy night. Oh yeah, or never knew in the game. They never knew, and you shut down what they were watching. The Red turn. Wings game, and you're oh, in Michigan. Yeah, somebody said it here on the show. Best never do comedy next to something better than comedy. Yeah, <laughs> which is just about everything. Swimming, a game. <laughs> well, I, I had a college gig once yeah. at, at Kansas State University, and uh, there was going to be a clown painting faces uh, right next to the stage, <laughs> and a back rub table in front of the stage, and then there was also it was in a giant room where there was like every little station where people could sign up for activities. You yeah, know, yeah. so just hundreds of people going back and forth through this big room. You're performing and a vacation I, Bible school. <laughs> I just went to the student. I go. This isn't going to work. I'm like, I'm going to do my best and, and thank you for hiring me, but this isn't going to work. And yeah. she goes, why? And I go, well, it's just not going to work. And she goes, well, do you want me to move the clown? <laughs> I go, well, yeah, but it's still not going to do anything. Do you want me to move the clown? Like if the clown just moved, then it's, then it's fine. Oh, 
Oh, you're going to move him? Oh, I didn't want to say anything, but yeah, please move the clown. I didn't want to hurt his feelings. <laughs> Your solution is worse than the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I got a mad clown over there. He's not going to be painting the faces right. <laughs> I got to disgruntled customers. <laughs> Turned his table towards you, painting <laughs> angrily, mugging <laughs> you. Loudly going, I don't know why they got me over here. <laughs> <laughs> After every punchline. <laughs> <laughs> That brings me. I just got asked to do a show uh, where there'll be kids in the audience. Ooh, yep. Yeah, have you ever done? I don't. Yep, I've, I've avoided it. that. I, uh, I've avoided. I that. did a wedding in downtown L.A. Okay. on the top of a building, like one of those like like Art Deco buildings where you can have a. It it was not. It turned out to be nice. It yeah. was fine, but. It was definitely, uh, uh, you know, you got to see the kids and you're like, oh, cutting that bit, and we're yeah, yeah, cut yeah. that bit, and we're cutting that bit. <laughs> like you're in, in your head, just like mentally shredding sure, whatever sure. you were going to do. I don't, because I, I don't like when somebody asks me, hey, are you clean? And I'm like, yeah, I'm clean. Uh, I was like, well, can you be uh, kid friendly clean? And I, at one point, I'm just like, you know what? If you're worried about it, then let's not do it. Yeah. Because, right. you know, I don't, I'm not. Look, I, I work clean for ninety percent of the time. I get a lot of my work because I'm clean, but I'm not. I don't know if I'm kid clean. Right. You know, I know I talk about getting my wife pregnant, and I don't know any nine year old wants to hear about that. No, they want to hear pretty much about cartoon characters they know about. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And I don't do impressions. <laughs> Got to be ten, around Gotta, ten. <laughs> Got to bring That's the, when the pregnancy material starts. Close it, yeah. <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna have to bring that clown with me. Over he's good. Just, yeah, is he he good? paced the shit out of some <laughs> fucking college kids. <laughs> I was uh, best man at a wedding downtown, enjoying the, uh, the, they just started to serve the dinner. I'm sitting next to the bride and groom, and they go, all right, everybody. The DJ's like, all right, everybody, hop, let's give it a little round of applause for Mr. Frank Sinatra. And this guy comes in, looks nothing like Frank Sinatra. Big orchestral intro from the DJ, and he's like, the summer wind, <laughs> oh boy, came a blowing. <laughs> Does it? And everyone's like, "Oh, ha!" They start laughing like it's a bit, right? And the guy starts sweating, and they're like, "Oh, anyway, lock me in, like." He's terrible, terrible, terrible. So he starts sweating and he's shaking a little bit, and he does three songs, and then all of a sudden, I'm elbowing my pal, right, right. and I'm like, "Where the fuck did you find this guy?" And then I hear. So I hear there's a comedian in the crowd no. tonight, and I go, "What the fuck?" I go, no. and, I'm, and I'm looking at him. I'm like, "You better not." So he comes up and he moves the mic away. And he goes, "I'm dying, man. You gotta help me out." He goes, "He's gonna come up and do five minutes, everybody." And he just hands me the mic, kids. And I'm like, "I didn't plan on a set. I was in the middle of eating." And I'm like, "Uh, hey, everybody, just uh, oh here now to do." Stand up for you, who everyone here knows me. Right. Like, like, what did you do? Like giving a, a mic in a backyard barbecue. <laughs> like, what are you going to tell those people? They knew me since I was a fucking kid. Yeah, yeah. God bless you for saving <laughs> what, that poor Frank what Sinatra's did you do, ass, though. though. Like, I did mean, you do? Did you oh, get I, laughs? Yeah, I got a couple. I did Prussia. I did. I right. Just, I just like I'm, I'm going through. Like, right. Yeah. There's old ladies here. There's like Ooh. this is a class. Really, it was a very classy wedding. I'm so like, three bits and you're out. Right. Like, okay, oh, I got sure. my last. Let's get done. fucking Frank Sinatra back up here. <laughs> Fuck you, no. <laughs> He's already in the car. You can hear him peel it out of the driveway. the room. So I had the mic and they cash in his check at Bank of America really quickly. Uh, Mr. Sinatra, uh, you don't look like your picture. Lock be a lady. Interesting, that was Frank Sinatra Jr. Uh, well, <laughs> you guys hired kind of Frank Stallone. God Keys. bless you, because I would have been like, F you. Oh, yeah, you are on your own. Because I've been to weddings where they're like, do you want to do five? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, I don't want to do five. No. 
No, no. I want to be all. a guest. I pay to come here. You yeah. know what I did one time? It kind of brought, I just made me think of this. I, I used to go see uh, my friend Teddy play at the Baked Potato down here, and it's all touring. What's that? The They're doing shows there now on Tuesdays. But Marin what is it? And, uh, Steve Aggie. Are doing uh, stand up shows at the Big Potato at on Quanga? 10 30, yeah. Oh, nice. What is it? It's a God, general jazz. What's going club. on in comedy, John? Yeah, seriously. Oh, okay. Sorry. The Baked Potato. Yeah. It's, it's like a l- meltdown comedy. Where have you been? A meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I've been. <laughs> the Baked Potato is a, is a pretty famous little jazz club, and my buddy Teddy oh, okay. is a touring musician, and he just has this open, he used to have this open jam, and like everybody. I imagined like, like a Ponderosa when you said the Baked Potato. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, you walk with your tray, and <laughs> yeah, you just, like, the number 14 with the I'll jello. Have the chives the and the stuff. sour cream and <laughs> the Mark Marin material, please. <laughs> <laughs> What's this, man? I got fucking uh, chives and shit here. What? <laughs> yeah, That's nah, not gonna work, man. <laughs> but they used to. They he had this open jam, and like when like the jazz festivals in town, like Coco Montoya would stop by. All these great musicians. Je- I saw Jeff the Skunk Baxter play there a couple times, and it's about the size of this place. Mm-hmm. And one night he's just like, he's. I was on my way out, and I just four or five martinis into it. And he's like, Murray, why don't you come up here and do five? And everybody's like, ah, and I was just hammered. And I was like, I can't go up and do five. He's like, just get up there. So I, I, I don't remember how it went. I got one laugh and I left and I went home. Yeah, we did it. We got to laugh. We got to laugh. Like Goodbye, schlub. So let's get yeah, out. Yeah, everybody wants yeah. to see you know Gilby Clark from Guns yeah. N' Roses play. Not listen to my five minutes. <laughs> but yeah, man, whenever they ask, unless it's ahead of time. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're well, doing I mean, a gig now there. Oh, well, I gotta check yeah, out yeah, that yeah. big potato gig. Yeah. It's a good go, venue. For I live right down the street. Oh, for sure, man. Yeah. It's a good venue for it. It's really small. It's really intimate. Uh, the stage is perfect for it. Cool. Unlike those other bars. We good? We going now? We're doing comedy. What now? At the baked potato? No, right here. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wait for a question. He's the host. No, there's Connecticut. A Connecticut. Energy in the room. Kinetic right now. energy. <laughs> imported from Connecticut. It's a real and, Connecticut uh, energy. I like ways. them. There's one's backed up in the cloud, and then one was emailed over. All right. So the next question right, would next be question. <laughs> To all those searching for the good things in your life, your donuts ready. <laughs> What's a pretty bizarre sentence to put on the back? That's here. on a. That's on your coffee cup. That's on my yeah. coffee. Yeah. Yum yum. I like a pretentious twelve. Sent donut myself. Yeah. If it's, you're listening and you're part of the voiceover industry, I want you to know that what I did there can be yours. <laughs> uh, my quote is uh, two hundred fifty-seven thousand dollars uh, for thirty-second spot. I'll lower that uh, until the end of January. I'm extending my December. If you use special. promo code Road Stories, yeah, promo code Road Stories, uh, I'll do it for a ham sandwich. <laughs> That's quite a leap. <laughs> but none of that honey shit. The Black Forest. <laughs> yeah, Forest Head. Don't fuck around. <laughs> so, what era were you guys out of Chicago? I've had uh, many. I've had many different classes of Chicago on this show. Ninety-seven no, August guys. was my f- my first uh, open mic. So, really? and the people that were the and Mick, I think, was a little ahead of me, but not you by much. Think bobbing on your computer is that bad? Uh, uh, the other people that were already doing comedy that I remember that were living in Chicago were. Uh, Owen Smith and Craig Robinson, yeah. Dion Cole, uh-huh. Leon Rogers. Was Corey Holcomb already doing it? Yeah. So like all those Southside guys were Mike doing Lucas. it. Mike Lucas. 
Mike Luke, but he Dwayne was Kennedy. Yeah, Dwayne Kennedy, Mike Lucas. Mike was already a headliner. He yeah. had already done the Tonight Show. Dwayne and Mike were the only guys with TV. Well, Dwayne hadn't they got his... They were also younger to us. There seemed to have been a large age group, almost like, you know, you were talking about this skateboarding book that you got, uh-huh. Fuck Your Heroes. Um, there seemed to have been a time where stand-up was booming, and there were the people that were on that train, and then had kind of gone off and were touring comics. Yeah. And then there were guys that were accessible, that looked almost our age, that were like headlining. So if like a guy that had been doing stand-up for 30 years mm-hmm. that had Tonight Show's appearances 15 years ago that was touring. They were all gone, though. Yeah, no, but we didn't, didn't live there no, anymore. We were doing Mad Monks from when we go to Zany's, we would meet those, those guys. Those guys I'm didn't saying, have Tonight Show's, though. Those guys you know what were I'm just I'm just talking guys. about general... Okay, let's not be so literal. Guys that were <laughs> headliners yes. that had been doing it for a long time Various resumes. Does that appease? <laughs> I will accept your okay. peace offering of various right. resumes. Right. Don Falcone will be which, pleased that you have come uh, around. Guys had tonight show appearances, which did not. But the the younger headlining guys, I felt even like Tosh, who was he wasn't really but he wasn't around. a Chicago guy. No, he wasn't, John. He's from Florida. He's from Florida. <laughs> I'm just talking about there were Lived a group in of Chicago forever. guys that, that we hung out with, but then there were just the general state of comedy when we started done. of guys coming through, you would only see a couple younger guys like Tosh yeah. that had Oak that would come through Zanies and headlines. Yeah, okay. So there, there was like Lucas and Dwayne were headliners that were close to our age. Everyone else in Chicago but Dwayne was in the process of completely redoing his act. Yeah. Dwayne Kennedy? Yeah. Okay. Like he, we watched him grow the dreads out, uh-huh. start do the wine glass thing, yeah. get political. And he was really the guy that I felt, of all the people that were ahead of us, was the guy that we were most influenced by. Oh, Because what he was doing was so different mm-hmm. from what the other, you know, there was a lot of guys in Chicago that were kind of standard 80s kind of acts, and Dwayne was doing something totally different, right. and he lived right there, so you could watch him, and he would come to our open mics. And he would destroy Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, just, he was, a, and it was smart, and the timing was so different. I mean, it was really long pauses, mm-hmm. which terrified newer guys like myself to just sit in that silence and then throw... And go in a very a kind of intellectual approach to a joke, but then go into a character that was silly, yeah. mm-hmm. and then come out of that character into kind of a grounded intellectual center was just really cool to I watch. I think any comedian in Chicago from about art when we started for the next five, six years would have to be very influenced by Dwayne. Like, really? I mean, yeah. I mean, I know Absolutely. Kyle Kinane says that, and sure. I know, you know he's really the guy that uh, everybody was like, that's how we want to do it. Right, we right. don't want to do it like these other guys. We want to do what this guy. I mean, not do what he's doing, but that approach. But Dwayne you know, also the 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 wild thing, and and I think less so with maybe Mike Lucas was Dwayne was living the life of an adult, mm-hmm. so he lived on the South Side, and he was living like he had come out to L.A. He had tried that. He had had that show business type experience. He'd come back to Chicago, and but he was. He was painting houses, I think. Yeah, but he was still an adult. Like he was still experiencing life as an adult. Where we were still chasing. Yeah, and we were just young. What we thought artists, comedians, writers, improvisers, whatever. So our whole prism of experience was we hadn't really lived any fucking life. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, I I had lived. You know, we've had the lives that we've lived. But Dwayne was in actively with adults. We were twenty three. What the hell life could we have lived? You know, like. Yeah, I'm just getting. I'm waxing philosophical. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, there's no. I mean, yeah, okay, we, John, not so literal. 
We, uh, God, <laughs> you know, I, uh, I'm just going to go listen to Bobby Keys, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty amazing. Uh, he's in a coma. We, Bobby's in a we coma. We came into a scene where there was uh, Zanies. I mean, when I started seeing stand-up in Chicago before mm-hmm. I actually tried to do it, the improv was still open. I remember going to see a show there. Was that in town? That improv? was all gone by the... I thought... I mean... Okay. No, I never performed there. I just went to go see a show there, but then... Was the original improv down. in town? Yeah, the one... There were nine there. clubs, and then there was one. Yeah, then... Okay. Between 1992 and, and when we started, I think nine clubs shut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Zany's was the last one standing, and the, the town was so overwhelmingly an improv town that... The idea of doing stand-up made no sense to me. Right. And you, those two groups didn't even talk to each other. Never. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. every now and then somebody would do both, like Greg yeah. Mills or, or Peter Gross, yeah. Deb Downing. But it was like one out of 20 improvisers might give stand. They would give stand-up like a shot. I'm going to go do a stand-up yeah, once yeah, yeah. In, in seven months. Yeah. You know, like Matt it wasn't Dwyer. a thing of like, we're going to really get in this and 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 try. But and Matt, I think Dw- Matt Dwyer is a great stand-up. Yeah, oh, yeah. I love Matt. He's great. He was on the ATC. Uh, Matt Dwyer was a huge... Matt Dwyer became a part of the Second City community in high school. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right, that's right. It was a huge, like, I think he did tour. I know he did tour. He, he, did, he, did, ETC, he did ETC, he did main stage. He was in the ETC cast with Horatio Sands. Yeah. And and then they all got... ETC? Second City, ETC, they have two theaters running at the same time. There's the main stage, which is the big show. Sure. And they have ETC one floor down, which is basically just another show. It's uh-huh. another yeah. cast making another show. And there's so much interest in buying tickets at Second City that they can run two wow. separate sketch right, shows right. every night and it, fill them both. Nice. And what Matt Dwyer did is Matt did a third show in the third space uh, during the kind of rebirth of stand-up in Chicago at the very beginning called mm-hmm. Midnight Bible yeah. School. Which was the third show. So the first show would sell out, Main uh-huh. State would sell out, then ETC would sell out, and then the box office would go, well, I tell you what, we do have tickets for the Midnight Bible School. And it was, you could carry. So it was an all ages show. Right. So high school kids would come with yeah. 40s yeah. and hide <laughs> the out of the fucking floor lines at midnight. <laughs> yeah. Top floor Sold of the, the building. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was it was crazy Rockin that man. show. But yeah, it was like they stand up and improv or just improv. It was character based. Like some people would do characters, uh-huh. but there wasn't enough room on that stage to do much more than oh really than uh, uh, you know one or one to f- two people. You know, yeah. uh, but it, it was uh, it was great. That was Dwyer's. That was what yeah ninety nine two thousand. Yeah, right around there. That's so, the next the next sketch. I have I've had two sketch theme shows, and the next one I've been is Matt Dwyer. So oh, it's great. He'll I'm have excited. so many. I'm excited yeah. to have him on. He's so great to watch. He's got one of my favorite jokes ever, too. He goes, uh, I went to a fortune teller. She said, uh, you'll be spending your weekend crying and masturbating. He goes, tell me something I don't know. And she goes, you'll be doing it at gunpoint. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite jokes of all time. <laughs> Matt Dwyer. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Matt's a little dark. Yeah, a little bit. A little yeah. dark. <laughs> yeah. You should see him do his Frank Sinatra bit. Yeah, it's, oh, it's amazing. <laughs> should we do it at my wedding? <laughs> 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 well, there's a comedian here. Yeah, it's me, and I'm dying. <laughs> it's just Matt being beaten by an invisible mobster. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's crying. It's Frank being the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> so, what did you guys do when I? Because I in '97 when I got started, I was out here, and also we had coffee houses. That's we the only. That. That's the only we thing bars. we could do. What did you Chicago, have? Chicago, in, in the words of a musician in Chicago, but it applies equally to the theater, to the everything. They, they, the guy said Chicago has a drinking scene with a music problem. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I think you can really apply that. Zadies refused to have an open mic because they felt that the average person doesn't know what an open mic is, but they do know they saw shitty comedy with the sign that said Zanies. So we're never going to have an open mic. So you kids fend for yourselves. I kind of respect that. So we, I'm not, I think it's good because he doesn't book me, but I respect that. It will also in, in a lot of scenes like in, in Austin for a while and in Houston and Minneapolis, it was all about how do we please this one club owner? So everyone would put all their mental eggs in this one basket of how do I make this one man happy and not realize that you can do comedy wherever you want, whenever you want. But for Chicago, because we didn't have the option to have our hand held, you had to go start shows. So Mickey started a show in a bar called the, well, it was an Irish. First, first, yeah, yeah, yeah. First, um, I did one show, which uh, I came, we were, well, I only went to college for a year. He went for all four years. But it was around that time. No, yeah, right. We, I, I was, I was, uh, I was just out of college. Yeah. I, I had one more semester to go. I had to take two credits in the summer. Yeah, so we were and, still in that yeah. neighborhood. So there was a small bar. We were doing stand up, and I came up with a name for a production company called Funny How Productions. Funny How. Funny How. Okay. Like and from from Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah, yeah. So I printed up on Word. I had someone show me how to use Word, and I <laughs> and I went to the bar owner and I said, "I have three comics. There'll be a draw. Can I get the room? You keep the bar. I keep the door, and I'll use the door to pay the comics." He goes, fine. That was really the first. That was the Glenway? That was the Glenway. To, to tell you a little bit about this bar, it was like an old school Irish bar that because the neighborhood had basically gone all students around Loyola, they had kind of just surrendered and made it a student bar. Right. But it was just this hole in the wall. They probably hadn't and done And a little it. off the beaten path for where the students went. Yeah, you had to go like, you know, you had to walk for like 15 minutes to get there. And I remember on the night of the show, Mick came in and he put all the tech stuff down, the, the, the cords and mics and stuff in a big duffel bag and it hit the table and roaches scattered <laughs> like a fucking uh, stink bomb went off. Right, like, right, this yeah. is where we're about to perform. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I knew nothing about this. I mean, sure. I just knew that I wanted, I liked the business side of it. I always remembered when we would go into clubs or open mics and be like, okay, the, the lights are there. Mm-hmm. This is how the mic works. I mean, I got a little soundboard like this. And mm-hmm. How did you just, meet Jimmy Wiggins? I don't remember. Uh, oh, who's I Jimmy Wiggins? I don't remember, man. Well, the second room. That yeah, made- so I did okay. that room, and then I thought, I got tired of, there was, so to, to backpedal a little sure, bit, go when ahead. John and I first started deciding that we were going to do an open mic, we went, I did like two, and then I called John, and I yeah. said, let's go together. Because I went to see, he goes, come see my band and tell me what you think. <laughs> and he goes, I think you should do comedy. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, uh, you're a lot funnier than you are good at bass. <laughs> so, so we go to this place called The Bird's Nest. Uh-huh. And The Bird's Nest is filled Still with... Still there. Yeah. We go in and there's a list. 13 people on the list. How many people in the room? Thir- yeah. 13. 13. Exactly. Yeah, uh, 13 yeah. There's, people there's signed no, up. There's no audience. And so we go and the guy goes, you can't, you, you, we can't, you can't do it. And we're like, what are you talking about? But we didn't realize until weeks later that they were just assholes. That an open mic should be an open mic. But right, they go, right. no, you can't go up. And we were like, okay. So we, didn't we, know any we just right. watched the open mic. And this is how bad it was. If you look at comedy of Chicago right now, there are 13 open mics on a Monday. Like, it's insane. Yeah. There's four clubs within the city limits, four more in the suburbs, booked shows at, at, at uh, bars that sell out online. Like, comedians, in, you should know, sells out 100 tickets sure. every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. When we started, there were three open mics in a week 
one book show and one of those was almost certain to be canceled or yeah. just go away uh-huh. yeah and you you got the reader there's no internet so you get the reader which was like the LA Weekly of Chicago yeah. mm-hmm. you'd read this obsolete list because <laughs> yeah. the guy at the reader was updating the open mics no one gives a shit right. about yeah. comedy right, right. right. so you go to the bar you're like um, you see a guy with a saxophone you're like oh I yeah, guess most of the time it's we're fun. not yeah. uh, no comedy season. tonight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like oh hey, this Bobby looks like Keys. a rap uh, battle <laughs> yeah. oh you're playing Legends of Catan. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, so you know, so there was just no opportunity. I mean, I always tell people they got to do three open mics a week to be a comedian because it's all I was able right, to right. do. But I yeah. still pull it off. Right, right. You know, like so, so you, I we I I got treated like that, and I'm like, fuck this. I don't ever want, and I think that's informed every decision that I've made creatively uh-huh. since then. Of like, I don't want anything from you. I know what I want to do creatively, and the least amount of people that I can ask permission to do that is what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. So I went and I found. A <laughs> a room in a in an Irish pilgrim bar, which was like it was called uh, the Abbey. It's the on Abbey Elston. Pub. Yeah, the so Abbey they had Pub. a huge showroom where they would get really cool like alt rock bands sometimes. Yeah, Irish big like and they had hall. Stones cover bands yeah. where the Mick Jagger was like six foot eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then they, and they would serve. Uh, they would put tables in there and serve like traditional Irish breakfasts on like Sunday. This mm-hmm. was packed too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was a famous like off the boat. I the, the owners that also own the Irish Heritage Center in mm-hmm. Chicago. Chicago has a huge Irish. So we go in. Literally, this was a place that they would use to store hot tables, like a couple of these tables that you have your uh, that mixing board on. It was, yeah, you know, space, put, no, like, it was you know, like you'd serve banquet food out. Okay, like so like a, a metal or something table with uh, that's where you put the fucking yeah. like church off. Yeah, exactly. Church okay. In the room were three. Uh, there were two church pews and three five tops. Now, what, the what size of the see? room? That uh, twenty-seven packed. Because I think it was really only as big as this room plus another one of these. The uh-huh. oh no, this no? is it with a stage right there. This is how big it was. Wow! Remember, because the curtains were there, and then you had the two church pews here. People can't see what we're talking about. We're in a s- smaller square room. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I should know the dimensions of this, and I don't. Twelve by twelve, probably. Yeah, yeah, probably. Right? So it yeah. was a tiny little room. You had these green lace curtains that went across, and you could look through the sheer curtains into the men's room, and next to the stage, which was two feet by two feet with a two-inch lift, was a payphone that the Irish waitresses would make calls back to Ireland in the middle of your set, plugging one ear, screaming, there's a fucking comedy show going. I can't fucking hear you, Margaret. What do you mean you're leaving me, Tommy? I've only been here two months. I'm sending the fucking money next week, Tommy. <laughs> I mean, just, uh, you're and you're fucking like, shagging so uh, McDonald's is in the news. <laughs> and we're learning how to do comedy. And then drunk Irish fucking day laborers would come in and drink more than well, you've ever. On. Yeah, they they get off of work at three, right? And so they'd be drinking at three twenty. Our show was at eight, so they'd been drinking since <laughs> all then. day. So one time, I think I was on stage or you were on stage. No, neither of us were because we had to talk to the guy. Okay, there was an older white haired like construction foreman Irish. Mm-hmm. Who is taking a piss and holding the door open? You could look right you in. through the I curtain. Think I might right? have been on stage, yeah. so I'm, so I'm looking yeah. through, and one of his younger Irish laborers decided he was going to shove a beer bottle up his ass. <laughs> so the fight fun starts, games. and they're yeah, laughing, and they're we'll laughing, and, and the old guy. I don't know, yeah, I had a humor. <laughs> so they fall through the curtains into the showroom, and the guy's trying to jam it up his ass, and he goes, "Just you fucking up my ass, man!" <laughs> and they're they're fi- full on fighting and crying, laughing so right. hard. And the guy's almost got it. Then finally he kicks it out. It flies, the bottle flies through the curtains, shatters all over the wall. And literally they stop and they look up and they go, oh, what the fuck is, 
And I go, uh, sir, you're in a comedy show. Oh, you're fucking sorry about your fucking... And the guy's pulling his pants up, right. his cock's hanging out. You're fucking sorry, guys. You're There's going a bunch with your... of pieces of glass that used to everywhere. be an ass bottle. Yeah, everywhere. And they just walk out like nothing fucking... One time, this guy's looking at Mickey, and he's rocking back and forth like a tree that's already been I'm cut. I'm on stage. And yeah. he goes, oh, I'm footier than any fucker in. in this fucking room. He just staggers yeah. in right in the middle of the set through the curtains. You never knew what was going to come through the fucking curtains. And he goes... Uh, and Mick goes, all right, well, because finally, Mick gets off the stage, this John Kuhn, the, one of the guys yeah. we would do comedy with, gets up on stage, and Mick goes, well, fine then, if you're so funny, because the guy won't leave the room. Right, he sure. goes, no, 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 we're and, just and, yeah, He goes, well, if you're so funny, uh, you know, tell a joke then. He goes, all right, you know, when you're in a market, and you get a fucking cabbage, and you punch that fucking cabbage. <laughs> Yeah, punch it and yeah, punch it <laughs> like that. It made no, and Mick's like, uh, yeah, that don't, that don't. And he kind of looked around and he wouldn't give up that he was defeated. Then he just turns sure. around and leaves. <laughs> and so, and in the middle of all this, we have maybe four audience. One time, every one of the audience oh, yeah, no, was a is... mentally handicapped person, but we didn't, or their yeah, yeah. born again Christian handlers. But we didn't know they were born again. So we, because I would have to go in the bar and go. All right, everybody. There's, there's I try a big to show. get who's right. ever in the bar or at the restaurant. So you go call. I pull the whole I, restaurant yeah. over. Mm-hmm. They sit, they're so happy, a full fucking... And John King goes, how the fuck is everybody? Rise up like the Hebrews leaving Egypt. Like every one of them get... And then what? And there's the audience. And <laughs> they all left. Literally empty. Like It was packed. And then it was empty. And then the one guy in the suit goes, you know, I'm very sorry. Your comedy show looked very fun. We're a born-again Christian group. And these are some of our mentally challenged guests here that we look for. And we just have very harsh language. So right. Good luck with your comedy careers. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't have been nicer. Right. But in but, unison. And, uh, oof, yeah, that would, those were, those were Holy rough, rough days. Oh, just learning, applying the trade, man. Yeah, and man. we would go to whatever other open mics there were and just try. There was the monkey bar where the seats were built so they faced away from the stage and bolted in the wall that way. So in order to watch the stage, you had to look back over your shoulder at all for anyone to watch the show that's what they had to and do sometimes you had to kneel because the booths were higher they were high back booths and right. the <laughs> owner was a maniac who claimed he had managed every punk band in chicago even though that was impossible sure of course he's like oh yeah oh the naked ray gun i managed those guys yeah i totally did i managed all those guys like how, no he didn't like i'm looking didn't at the, the album from, <laughs> didn't the guy from naked ray gun manage naked ray gun I mean, that's pretty much how punk works. then he um uh, he, you know, and he wouldn't care if somebody heckled you. He's like Mick once heckled. Oh yeah, guy. I got uh, jumped on stage, and then Craig Robinson came and actually charged the stage. I got punched, and then I wait. Craig charged you? No, no. no. I, these guys ruined the show for everybody. They were heckling throughout the this whole show. This big fat guy came every week and just uh-huh. sat there at the bar and ordered lots of drinks and heckled everybody. Right, right. So I said, I'm gonna. I think I was closing that night, and I said, all right, I'm gonna. I'm doing twenty or thirty minutes. I go, I'm gonna dedicate the whole. 30 minutes because you've ruined the show for everybody now and now I'm going to say what everybody else has been wanting to say about you and I'm going to make fun of you for 30 minutes straight <laughs> and, and so did. like 10 minutes in the people are high-fiving yeah, around yeah, yeah. him and I, I just caught like the him coming up on the stage and I turned right into getting clipped oh so I go down and his friends started running up and they were throwing a little boot party on me right these were and- big like corn-fed guys and then I look between their legs and Craig Robinson and his friends come charging up they, it was like that cartoon where there's legs and arms and smoke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I crawled out in between Craig's legs and like, went outside. Yeah, like, like Mo and Larry bitch. getting out of the <laughs> fight they started. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, but then the stupid ass owner, when you go, oh, he was, he was. I stopped going there. Yeah, he's like, you he, that guy was buying drinks. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> and then, and then this is the other thing he does. Mick goes, well, what did you want me to do? He's fucking heckling me. He goes, well, why'd you make fun of his weight? He's sensitive. <laughs> 
<laughs> we were in a Southside knucklehead club on 157th in Harlem, way south. Ooh. And a guy was making, he had his feet on the stage, like way. In. I go, come on, man, just take your feet off the stage. You were there, remember this? Yeah. And I go, don't, don't talk during the show. It's very simple. Yeah, yeah. Just don't put your feet. He's on the, the host, stage. by the way. This is the first thing, <laughs> yeah. I, you right. know. And and I go and and don't heckle and everything will be great. And he's like, fuck you. And I'm like, all right, here's how this is gonna go. If you talk again, I'm gonna pull my pants down. And I'm going to pull my ass open, and you're going to have to stare at my cherry asshole for the rest of the show. I'm going to do the whole, and the audience will laugh, and at a certain point, they're going to close their eyes. But you're going to have to stare at my fucking asshole for the next 20 minutes. And he goes, go fuck yourself. Okay. Put the chair right up to the edge of the stage. Pulled my pants down and just stuck my ass oh, like man. an inch from this guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> and the club owner hugged him afterwards. <laughs> like, that was the best thing I ever seen in my life. <laughs> it was insane. This is man. a club owner who one time I was there and I, I, I had to get back to the hotel and one of his drunk customers drove me home in a pickup. And I'm like, this is, I'm going to die. Like, well, like what is, this guy's been tricking her. Ah, Tommy will take you home. Oh, Tommy. Yeah. Like, Tommy's going to kill us both. Ken. The guy sleeping in his pew. He'd make you wait till two in the morning to get paid in cash. Right, like, right. Just the worst shit ever. Uh, <laughs> like, and honest to God, I don't think, except for Zanies, the only decent places to do stand up started not in really until ninety nine and two thousand when uh, when Mark Geary started the Red Lion, and then you oh, started then. coils yeah, ninety eight probably tippling house. No, it was two thousand. Was it was when the Red Lion started. Because that was the Chicago we Comedy Festival around there. Yeah. Around that same time. We had two or three wilderness years yeah. where we were just and, – and, and that's also when stand-up started picking up in general. Like Chappelle right. Show, uh, you had that Chris Rock. Like, yeah, and then I think people start going, oh, this isn't all just idiots on Evening at the Improv with right. their sleeves yeah. pulled up. There's still something worth listening to. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it, was a, it was a rough two or three years. Plus, if you were a black comic, there was the Cotton Club on Monday nights, which Bernie Mac hosted the open mic, and there was all jokes aside. And Zanies was not – booking black comics Mm -hmm. and i started coils specifically a show called eclipse that booked Dion cole marlon Mm -hmm. mitchell yeah you uh, brought those guys i went down to those clubs and said listen fuck whoever's not booking you we want you come to the show yeah yeah we also you we had no real concept of industry like every now until the chicago comedy fest that dan carlson started we didn't there were every now and then like hbo would come into zany's and they would do these cattle calls uh, where you'd be like literally a hundred comics all day long. They put the ad in the trip so everyone who thought they were funny from fucking uh, you know their office. Sure, like, yeah, you're yeah. going out of that thing. It's uh, it's Zanies going out there and uh, <laughs> do, tell, that, do that thing where you do the, the Chris Farley thing. That, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, one time, like, so we're just sitting there going, maybe we're gonna be on HBO. <laughs> like we don't fucking know any better. But it's just every I mean every third person's a comic, and then there's just a lunatic. Sure. Yeah. And so we're waiting there. Bert Haas who runs Zanies, uh, uh, he was at, at every two minutes he'd go thank you from the back there was a just, mic in the thank back you. Uh-huh. thank you thank thank you and it was PA. on it was on like a metronome like it didn't matter what was happening on stage thank you thank you and then we're about make midway through the day there's 50 people in 50 people out because they're letting Danny's right. a small club and then they got cameras in the back so that takes out half the seats so this hippie guy goes on stage and this is still one of the funniest things I think ever seen. I've ever seen and Mick and I were sitting right next to each other watching this on the stage already there's a drum kit because one of the comedians did a bit where he's playing drums there is a big banner that says 
says HBO's 80s cattle call, whatever. <laughs> then there's a, a second mic stand for if there's any two people acts. And so all this clutter, and there's a stool, all this shit's on the stage, and this and a piano. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and this hippie guy goes on stage. He looks like a young Gallagher. Like he's right, got right. that kind of Godspell look with the mustache and the long hair and a floppy hat. <laughs> and uh, and he gets on the stool and he goes, He's from there's a suburb in Chicago called Downers Grove. And he goes, Oh, I'm from Downers Grove. Oh, we party. That's HBO's oh, gonna love that. Oh, we party. <laughs> like that's just, he goes, oh, we party in the Grove. Like he's making it damn clear that, oh, they party. <laughs> so he gets on the stool. He's like crouching on it with his feet on the top of the stool. And, and he's like ass is hunkered down yeah. like, you know, right. Smeagol from Lord of the Rings or whatever. <laughs> and he goes, you know, I would do acid in, in high school, man. Like, I would do acid. Fuck yeah. He's like, and the teacher, he's trying to talk about fucking history or whatever, but I'm not listening to that shit, man. I'm just seeing the alpha. And then he starts getting up to like surf on the thing. He goes, I'm seeing the alpha waves and the epsilon waves. And then he goes, woo, ah, and he falls back. Now he pulls the sign down, knocks one of the symbol, the crash symbol the off drums. the stage, falls, drums are falling fucking everywhere. There's a stool falls off the stage and then he's falling in midair. And Bert Haas goes, thank you. <laughs> and then he hits the ground. <laughs> oh, oh man. Guys. I don't know if I'll ever live to see anything that funny again. That was again. magnificent. <laughs> I, I had a room, too, where I, I would do a bi-weekly room at the map room. Yeah. Uh, because there, there was a one showcase there that only booked their friends. And so it was the same seven guys in, every in week. This, in the same bar? No, no. The same... in the only, there was only one independent book show in Chicago, and it was at a, uh, at a pool hall yeah. in the back of the a back pool of hall, and you could hear the train go yeah, by. Yeah, like, every, yeah. So you're on it's stage. And they were very insular. They opened it up a little later, but in the time that we were starting, it was the same seven guys and two women over and over and over and over again with their friends from work in the crowd, and that's just what it was. You couldn't break in. And they'd be like, can we see a tape? You know, just, uh, so I you'd start- see him during the week at other shows. Most of them, the right. one guy that ran it, you wouldn't see out. No, he only, he only did performed the one. there. But the other people you would see out at open mics, and it would just be. We probably did the show a handful of times. Yeah, but eventually. Very, very... But for the for, in the beginning, we weren't we weren't part of the crew, so yes, we weren't able never to. Were. Uh, so I went in with this other guy. And you know, I'm not gonna say his name because I kind of kind of bash him. <laughs> but uh, he uh, he would always like tell me that I was the booker of the show, and there would be these. There were some really horrendous comedians in Chicago, mm-hmm. like really bad. Uh, tell there was the a woman about the with the Chicago. This we were because we were talking about stories we wanted to come. Sure, in of course. Uh, uh, well, there was a woman named Ruth. Uh, she was got to be fifty, maybe, mm-hmm. and she would. One of her jokes, she was like, "I was masturbating to Dennis Rodman, <laughs> and it was so good, my pubic hair turned green." <laughs> but it wasn't that funny. <laughs> There was a woman that called everybody a cunt. She had yeah. some acronym for it. Like, it meant, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know what that was. Right. She was a teacher talking about fucking her kids. And it was like, ah, sure. And there was one crazy. Comedy was dead. Right. Stand-up was dead. So the people trying to do it, who's going to try to do a dead thing except lunatics and me? <laughs> <laughs> and Haas ain't letting them on stage. Yeah. No, no. They wouldn't even get in the door. Yeah, yeah. Oh, then there was that guy who was all paranoid. He goes, fuck you, Betancourt. I see enemies, enemies, enemies. Oh, like, yeah, this yeah. this. Guy again. I want to say names because sure, we sure. kind of got to make this guy look like an asshole. No, no, but, I, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, he, I I uh, I remember bringing him up at Riddles. This was that Southside Club where Mickey Bear asked the front row guy. <laughs> this is I just I go up to this dude. I go, hey man, what do you? We'll call him Tom. It's not his name, yeah. but I go, hey Tom, what do you want me to bring you on stage uh, with? And he goes. 
Within 10 minutes, I know that he's in an open marriage that he does to following antidepressants. Right. And then I'm like, I was just looking for like, you've seen him on? Right. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, your next comedian's in an open marriage and he does Xanax and Zola. Hey, Put I your hands together for Tom. <laughs> yeah. you know, like, so some of these people would be on the list that my booker would make and, and, I, and they would they'd walk the crowd. like you, you, they, And I'd be, like, I'd be like, dude, you can't have these but we people. We always had like a weird... I wouldn't use the word perverse again, but and like an altruistic approach to booking shows mm-hmm. where I would even book people that personally I didn't like, but I respected their act. Sure. Yeah. Because I wanted the best show yeah. so that people would come back to the show. Yeah, yeah and you're yeah. trying to we're trying to book a bi-weekly show at a bar where we have to follow the Bulls game. Yeah. Where the, and, the, and it's like, nobody is going to stand for shitty comedy. So I'm like, you can't put these people on the show. They're banned, they're banned, they're banned. And my partner would go, you know what? You're right, man. They're banned. That's good. We should just they're banned. No, you're right. They're banned. And then I'd come back the next week, and they'd be there. And I'm like, <laughs> what had happened? And he'd be like, well, you know, and he'd always have some excuse. But I'm like, oh, you're just <laughs> undermining me, right? And but this is how green I was. I didn't know anything. Like Justin, Jason's Clark came in and wanted to go up. I'm like, we're really packed on the show. He goes, I'm on MTV right now. I'm like, yeah, then go up, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so finally, uh, my show, it, it was like, and, and I just bombed because I'm hosting. I don't know how to do comedy. Sure. So Lewis Black did my show on the on the, in the Remember Chicago that, yeah. Comedy Festival. So we had 100 people there, and then the next day I quit. I'm like, this is the best it's ever going to be. I can't deal with this dude anymore. I'm not going to have people saying cunt on my stage. And I gave it to Hetzel, and I got the fuck out of there. Oh, that's right. So how many rooms did you guys open up together between the two of you? Well, we didn't open up together. Well, Mickey, you ran a – the Funny House shows were about every quarter. Yeah, well, I did. I had a a weekly room that was on Sundays, and then Mm -hmm. what I would do is I'd try to find a venue with anywhere between two to 600 seats. And I would do at least two of those shows here, and it would be I modeled it kind of uh, not after Lollapalooza, but it would be Funny How One, Funny uh-huh. How Two, Funny How Three. I'd go down, I'd I'd hire professional ad guys to come up with the bill sheets to make it look like a rock concert poster, kind sure. of like what nerd uh, you meltdowns it too. Do, I yeah. mean, you know, and I would go into music venues, which a lot of podcast comedians who have podcasts now are doing. They go into music venues, they rent chairs. Oh yeah, yeah. I was doing that. How long have we been doing? Nine or How many years? Eighteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. 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 So we'd go into music venues, rent those out. I wouldn't have a host because I knew how difficult it was for a host to come on. So what I'd do is I would hype people up from backstage. I'd have a mic backstage, uh-huh. but I would play, you know, they'd have a specific intro song. I'd let it play a little longer than normal to allow a build. And I'd play Dave Brubeck's Take Five sure. Between Acts. To yeah. just make it a little musical and yeah, yeah. allow almost every act to be its own show. And that he would cool. get the best possible people you could get at mm-hmm. that and point. And I paid. So you'd have Craig Robinson, Tom Clark, Dwayne Kennedy. Like these would be the bills. You yeah, know, yeah, they, yeah. they would be the best show you could book without flying people in from yeah. from other states. You yeah, know? That's smart. Oh, that's good. And you only did it how many times a year? I did uh, the slowest year one and then the biggest year probably four. I did one. I did them at Joe's and I did Morseline Music Room most uh-huh. of the time and then Joe's on Weed. We did two huge ones there, and it was weird. That club is at was actually great because we had seven hundred people show up for a show, which wow. was fucking insane for wow. really no no all local talent. Right, you know? right. So the way that I've always marketed, and I have a show now that's uh, in April will be seven years sold out. Oh, show okay. you got to come and do it. It's uh, yeah, yeah, I love to. It's a, it's the Radford Hall show. I never advertise who's on it, and mm-hmm. that's an old thing that I, I I learned after the first three shows that I marketed. When you come to my show, 
It's going to be fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. That's all I promise. Whether it's me individually, I'm going to give you a show. But most importantly, if I'm producing it, then I'm responsible for booking all of the other talent, your experience from the time you get in the club. Like if I'm promoting a show or producing a show, I tell the club owner, I'm taking your club over for the night. I want to talk to your staff. I want to talk to the valet. I control every aspect of the audience's experience, Uh everything. And if I can't get that soup to nuts deal I won't take it oh wow well you know not booking the bill is how Ackerman built uh, Death Ray was like we're not gonna tell you who the celebrity so you yeah, can cherry you just pick yeah, 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 yeah. you know what I mean yeah. like you know but the cool thing with Joe's was everyone showed up and the cu- I think the Cubs were in the playoffs it was a summer show they probably yeah it was the Cubs it was the I forget when it was but right. the, the game went late so they opened up a whole beer tent for all 700 people and just gave them free beer until the show, so the audience drank for free for an hour. It was like wow. the best. And also for the later shows, any shows over 200 people, I hired a professional DJ. Uh-huh. So like they're hyping people during the show. I mean, I wanted it to, re- and then when the show ends, I usually open the bar for an hour afterwards. I did this, I recorded an album in Chicago. I opened the bar for an hour afterwards for thanking people to come out. Sure. A DJ's usually, like I want it to be a night you fucking came out. You're going to be talking about that shit for the next year. Yeah, you nice. were the first comedian from our class to get television too. You got Montreal first, and you got Late Friday in what, 2001? Yeah. So, Bart Coleman booked you on Late Friday. You were the first comedian. There was a festival in Chicago. It was the first time we'd ever seen real industries. Guys, Dan Carlson. The Chicago Festival? Yeah, made the Chicago. It ran for about three or four years. Mm -hmm. uh, And it was the first time we'd ever met industry people. But that that festival was the turning point, (laughs) I think, for the Chicago scene that you have now. Oh, really? Because that's when, you know, uh, Matt Bronger had started, Uh Kyle Kinane had started. They Dwayne got uh, a TV thing out of it. This guy Dave Stebbins got a two hundred fifty thousand dollar development deal, and that's what awoke Chicago standups to the idea that oh, this could go. Some, you could go somewhere with mm-hmm. this, just you, like you, man. Well, you were doing it out here, so the yeah. business was here. But to us, it was like you just wanted to be the funniest guy on the bill. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. it. And because you didn't really, you're like, well, we know there's clubs in Indiana and Wisconsin, but like the idea that someone was going to find out about you and put you on a television <laughs> that <laughs> just made no sense. To right, right. Chicago. Like, now there's probably you know there's 25 people who have done TV out of Chicago since then oh, yeah. but like that idea was crazy <laughs> but uh, that so Mickey got Montreal and um, no I got I got uh, Aspen no 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 I got I did uh, late Friday first and okay. then I got uh, Montreal in 2003 then I did premium blend in 2003 okay so but yeah late Friday was the first TV the first credit TV out of thing. our of our scene so bizarre yeah, did they yeah, shoot yeah. A, did they shoot a premium blend in Chicago no 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 that, did, did you go to New York with yeah that's Handler. where that she it was me her and uh Rob Pugh Rob Pugh yeah. Rob Pugh Rob stayed Pugh. in my apartment and puked and tried to squat there and finally we had to throw him out and Jamie Kennedy was the host yeah it was crazy. Uh, yeah I had my premium blend was uh Jim Hamilton some girl from Boston some oh a guy Gilbert something from Gilson Lubin from Canada and then uh, and 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 uh, and and the great Lenny Bruce no uh, <laughs> and uh, David Wayans was the host and uh, whatchamacallit uh, when Gilson Lubin when they said your next comedian is one of the best comedians in Canada you could hear the New York people go oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like oh <laughs> that's north of here right yeah. Yeah. Oh, can- <laughs> oh Canada <laughs> but uh, yeah that, that the, the scene was really night and day after that festival uh-huh. so like I kind of like getting on here and talking about the dark days listen because, man I, you I, know, I appreciate it because I've, I had a ton of Chicago, I got a ton of Chicago friends I've had 
And Pardo was gone. Graham Elwood was gone. Yeah, yeah. Paul Gilmartin gone. Like all yeah, those yeah. people never saw that. That's I mean, ex- that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. They, all they talk about are those because they, they got in it like a year or a few years before it died. Yeah. So they had the heyday oh, of yeah. They, they were all clubs. comedy womb guys. They yeah. did the funny firm. All this shit that the we never. Barrel or yeah, it was all gone. All, uh, barrel laughs. Oh, barrel of laughs. Oh, where the, the drink machine would go. I never did the barrel, but you did, didn't oh, you? Yeah, yeah. Did, couldn't you hear the, the frozen margarita machine yeah, yeah. all night long to your set? <laughs> so like, here, start telling a joke. Just anything. Just start telling a joke. So listen, I the drive down. <laughs> 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 so uh, and then you come out and like, no, he's still talking. <laughs> like, <laughs> we did a gig where, where the mic stand was in the doorway to go to the bathroom. So uh, to the left <laughs> you was the cigarette machine that. and to the right of you was golden tea. Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. And so you'd be like, so anyway, and then you'd hear, <laughs> you know, people try to put their fist through the fucking golden tea to hit it. And golden tea in Chicago was like Buddhism in China. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, like, really? golden yeah. tea was like, it was, like every... re- it was like reading everywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I heard this bar's got a golden tea machine. Well, you're fucking dead, Dave. We're doing it tonight. I mean, like, they treated that shit like it was the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, golden tea. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> no show of any kind could be or more interesting than Golden Tea yeah. in 1999 <laughs> in fucking Lincoln Park. Yeah, no, just horrible fucking gigs, man. Horrible. <laughs> well, I'm a fan of Golden Tea. Don't get you preaching. Oh, the, don't preaching you be talking shit that, about Golden Tea? Don't shit talk the tea. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I sat in a, I sat in a bar in Colorado, man. My ex with my ex girlfriend. I went out. We were breaking up. We should have broken up, but I went out and sung with her and her friends, and we hated each other, and they went fishing, and I'm like, I'm going to the bar, and I played Golden Tea from 11 a.m. till 9 o'clock that night. Oh, my gosh. Oh, how many quarters is that? It was just, <laughs> at one point, the bartender, she was just like, she's just like punching the numbers, oh, nice. punching it for me and giving okay. me free games, because I was just like, I'm in hell. I'm in hell. And she's like, as long as you keep drinking Bud Lights, I'll keep doing the game. So, uh, what'd you shoot that day there, Murray? <laughs> <laughs> What's your handicap? <laughs> I finally broke 80 <laughs> just a fucking wrist She's sore wrist from that <laughs> rolling that ball over and over up your ass Chichi Rodriguez <laughs> man I want to thank you guys so much uh, oh, for welcome. coming today I, that's, a, that's a part of Chicago I haven't heard yet so I, I'm really yeah. excited I, I want to hear more about it too man I mean just Anytime. that whole yeah. I'd love to have you guys back and, and we'll do part two Part two and bring yeah. another one of those crew. Maybe I'll get another Chicago guys like Kyle hasn't been on in a while. Oh, and yeah, have right. Kyle talk about the Red Lion because that was yeah. where he started. Yeah, uh, Mark Geary, this uh, really nice, really dedicated, put upon British guy uh, who's just always he loves it, but he's always like it's it's awful. It, no one helps. It's <laughs> awful. And I'm going to quit. He like, every year he yeah. does the quit. The Lincoln Lodge, his current room is from CBGB. Yeah, yeah, he is. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, okay. 16 years the Lincoln Lodge has been running. Right. Every year, and every year when I do it, Geary's like, I'm done. It's <laughs> shit. No one helps. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> and he really cares, man. He, he does. Yeah, well, I hear good things about the Lincoln it's Lodge. It's a great I've never room. Done it. oh, it's it's a great room that also, in the old location, it's in a, it's in a regular bar now, but it uh-huh. used to be in a German restaurant where the waitresses would carry massive beer signs around and sell pies at the top of their lungs <laughs> during the shows. Very eclectic, yeah. <laughs> Every time I work Chicago and I work the improv out in Schaumburg, I always say I'm going to go in a couple days early because the opener, the MC, always is like, oh, do you got to come do this show. Oh, you got to come do that show. Yeah, you do do comedians, show. you should know. 
do uh, Parlor Cart, do uh-huh. Chicago Underground Comedy. There's so many good little bar shows yeah. that are great audiences. They yeah, come yeah. out to laugh. They buy the tickets. They know who the comedians are. Chicago comics get recognized on the streets now. Right, right. Like, I mean, it's like, it's so crazy. definitely, I mean, you know, I'm going to tell you what to do, but if you are there <laughs> yeah. and you have the opportunity, Booking a bunch of local Chicago shows will, will be nothing but fun for you. Oh, yeah. I just you know, Every time I go there, they, they, the, the local comics are always great, too, man. Uh, they're, they're good. And they're good, They've too. got like a New York simulator now. They have yeah, a yeah. laugh factory that does showcase shows, so they can do 20s on the weekdays right. and the weekends. And then they've got opening for all the other clubs, and then they've got these bar shows like a Chicago comic. Now and now they know everyone in New York and L.A., so they come out to New York, and they feel well, whether they're ready or not. Yeah, yeah. They had opportunities. We didn't know how to get to New York. We didn't, we're like, <laughs> I New was York. asking people in first class if they were in the entertainment business <laughs> when I got on the plane to come out here. Yeah, like, so, I mean, what they have, I mean, I, I hate to be the jealous old man, but it, and, and, uh, and I also am sort of proud of whatever hand we had in, in, in helping it get started, but they have they have a gold mine in that city now. Yeah, if yeah. you're in some other city and you don't want to make the move to LA or New York yet, go to Chicago. Yeah, I have to, yeah. I have to agree with that, man. That's for sure. So where can we catch you guys now? Uh, Mick, you're always so busy. Uh, December 15th, I'll be uh, at a storytelling show with Mike O'Connell at the Monty, downtown Los Angeles. And on Saturday, January 15th, uh, at 8 p.m., I will be at Radford Hall, which is in Van Nuys, and hopefully Murray will be on that show pending his availability. Uh, you can go to mickbetancourt.com or follow me on Twitter at mickbetancourt, where you can get access to the Mick Betancourt Show, which is a podcast that drops on Mondays. Awesome. Uh, I will be on At Midnight on Comedy Central on January oh, 27th. Good, good. That's uh, Coleman, right? Uh, yeah, that's Bart Coleman. Uh, thank you, Bart. <laughs> and, uh, uh, also, uh, I have a podcast called Don't Ever Change, where I interview comedians about what they were like in high school. Oh, cool. Uh, we record Kurt Braunholler on uh, on the 4th, and then I record Andy Kindler on Monday the 8th. Uh, that's on feralaudio.com or on iTunes. And also, uh, if you want to, I have uh, johnroylive.com is my website. Mm-hmm. That'll tell you. And also, New Year's Eve, uh, I will be at the Comedy Attic in Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, great. And then I will also be there the following weekend. So, a lot of uh, listeners... Uh, 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 go to the Comedy Attic. So well, great. Ch- check yeah. out John Roy on come, New Year's. Come man. out and That's check great. it out. Come this on. was the first year in years I put in for New Year's. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was like, I'm sick of the in-laws and my parents. Yeah, that's a like, great excuse. Yeah, get on stage. Yeah, 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 I, I, I emailed bookers in town, and they're like, it's a little early. I'm like, I know. Yeah, yeah. Get, get me out of here. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Just put me on the top of the it's list. It's never too early to start my Shawshank chart on the side of the fucking cell when I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, this will probably go up this week. So uh, I'm... Uh, Brea Improv, uh, December 10th. Comics on Safari swings back there. It's me, Joe Sib. Monty Franklin, all doing long sets, all doing at least a half hour. And I think Joe's going to close that one. And then uh, 2015, I'm back on the road. I'm coming to, off the top of my head, Erie, Pennsylvania, Vegas, Sacramento, Tahoe. It's all up at MurrayValeriano.com, at MurrayV on Twitter. And um, you guys have to, sorry for saying, uh, I started donations for this podcast. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to thank you guys for uh, all the donations uh, you paid for the water, which I forgot to give you guys. (laughs) It's going to be so good when we get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your donations went to Podcastathon last uh, last month. So this uh, month, uh, part of your donations to this podcast will go to this podcast and go to uh, a organization called Life Rolls On, which is uh, Jesse Billauer, a professional surfer who broke his neck is now a quadriplegic, um, <clears throat> has an organization that helps uh, handicapped kids get into the water and surf and skate and stuff like that. So I'll put a link up on uh, on 
uh, that so you can see what part of your money is going to. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, come see these guys when they come through your town and listen to their stuff. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very lucky to have them on the show. Thank you, guys. Thanks, You're welcome. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And these fights, cancel flights, running with the runs and Blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon